Peter. False. Why don't you just write this down on a piece of paper? Because I don't have any paper. <laughs> who, who uses paper? I got a computer. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Third Degree, the podcast, number 90, I'm told, which is brought to you by, oddly enough, Soccer 90. 40% off site-wide for all Third Degree podcast listeners with the promo code ThirdDegree on Soccer90.com. So go get your Christmas gift stuff. Hi, I'm Peter. Thanks for joining us. And as always, with me are my two good friends. First off, Dan Crook. Hello, Dan. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm loving life, my friend. For sure. Lies. Absolute lies. Yes. (laughs) And uh, as always, my hero, your hero, everybody's hero, the founder and editor of ThirdDegree.net, and a man who I want to know what he ate at the Galleria today, the one, the only, Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. Yeah, thank you, Peter. That's my 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 uh, wife has agreed to explain this story really quickly. My wife has agreed to continue a tradition I have with my mom, which was to go to the Galleria and sit by the Christmas tree for lunch. So my wife is now in that seat. And today, since you asked, I had a uh, steak and a sandwich, basically a steak panini with some uh, peppers and onions on it <laughs> and some soup. That's such a beautiful story. Well, it, it's important it's to me, touching. you know, yes. continuing a family tradition since my mom is not that's, capable of keeping it up and my wife has stepped in. That's lovely. Truly, Thanks. truly lovely. I appreciate that. So you resisted the temptation for the... Uh, is it the Mi Casino on the bottom floor? No, we ate at the uh, Panera Bread, I think it is, our corner bakery. I can't remember which one it is, up on the third floor, overlooking the ice rink. You didn't go to Five Guys and get their French fries? No. Or no, this... no, that's the worst part about Five Guys, is the French fries. Oh, it sir. Was. No. <laughs> we need to leg wrestle, sir. What about like... that kick-ass Italian place, uh, Saboro, they've got there? Uh, I've eaten Sporo. It's not my definition of a kick-ass Italian place. I, I did lobby for me casino, but we chose the uh, to get the soup because it was a cold day. Up oh. All right, lovely. Well, I hope uh, I hope you and the lovely Mrs. Carrick had a snugly good time. All right. Well, there are no games to talk about because season over, the whole thing. Congratulations to the Columbus Crew for doing what we all really wanted in life, ruining the season for the Seattle Sounders. We love that, don't we? Speak for Seattle just ruined their own season. Yeah. No, I picked them. I, I wanted them to win. That's <laughs> true. Yes, that felt good to see that uh, go that way. But we do have a lot to talk about, and has been uh, the headline of the last couple of weeks continues to churn as uh, Buzz's Huntsman d- dumps keep coming left and right. What is the latest with young Big Bad Brian? Well, I actually have a dump, Humpsman dump for you in regard to Brian, and I'll save it for just a split second. So, um, <laughs> yeah, well, yesterday, you know, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to clench it in. A yeah. dump Humpsman. Yeah. Humps, Huntsman dump. It's harder to say than you'd think. So, yesterday, I had a Don't little... Don't get a hemorrhoid device. Yeah, the little bit about Leon being um, coming in and getting involved in the situation. Um, and then Wait, today, Leon the Mexican club? No. 
Leon oh, the French Lyon. French Lyon. Okay. Yeah, right. that's a new French team coming in. Not the original French team. It's a new uh-huh. French team. Uh, and then I was also able to confirm today that Roma, uh, which was reported first by other people, but I was I'm, I can confirm from my end that Roma is indeed involved. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Bargert said uh, 7.5 million euro bid specifically. So I, that I can't tell you, but Roma for sure is involved. Um, Bargert also said Marseille, which was, of course, one of the French teams that I had alluded to earlier. He also has said AC Milan, and I, of course, said Juventus. So here's the Huntsman dump today. Do you guys remember that I said there was a Belgian team that was involved? That yes, Belgian I said team? it was FC Waffles. Is yes, what I FC Waffles, I right. How kind of them to syrup that up. Um, no, the Belgian team is Club okay, Rouge. stop. Just, no. You had, your pun was so bad I wanted to stop. But oh, you're going to stop now? <laughs> now, I've ruined, now I've ruined yeah. your announcement. Say yeah. it again, please. I'm sorry. The Huntsman dump uh, for today, the little one to add on, is that the Belgian team that I talked about a couple of weeks ago is actually Club Bruges. So there's a little more information for you, a little hot off the presses, and they're a team that has actually bid. That's one of the three confirmed bids, Club Bruges. That was a lovely, hot little dump. (laughs) Yeah. And does it make me a bad person if I'm disappointed to find out it's not FC Waffles? Yeah. (laughs) In Bruges was a better movie. Yeah. (laughs) Man, the kid is very popular. I mean, how many many professional games has Brian Reynolds played, and he's gotten all this bonkers attention? Uh, I think it's 16 because I think it was 14 regular season. I didn't think to look that up. Um, but, you know, it's not a lot, but it's enough that the teams that had already seen him as the U.S. International and teams that had seen him in North Texas then right. saw him against the higher competition. And that was enough for them to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're in. And it's, you know, and listen, one of the things I've always wanted to talk about a little bit with this situation is that the reason why people leak stuff. And it's clear that from the point at which the, the Juventus leak happened, that teams sat up and noticed and people have come in since then and activity heated up since then, you know, because of the fact Juve was interested, people said, Oh wait, Juve's interested. And then, you know, that's why people leak things. So it's a fascinating process. Is there Are any chance that get used? Well, my question, no. Dan is, is, is there any sort of solidarity payment for being the leaker or, or repeating the leak and therefore raising the price? No, not specifically, but, you know, it's how you work a source, you know, they're not going to give away information. I'm trying to make you money, man. Oh, no, that doesn't happen. That would be crossing the line. Mm. I mean, I appreciate the effort, but desperate times, buzz, desperate times. We're looking for information. So it's this is how it works. You develop relationships over a long period of time so that when they're actually in these moments, they then talk to you. So that's how it goes. And and. You know, believe me, you have, I have conversations with people that actually say things, say things like this, like, oh, we want to get this out or yeah. oh, would you like to get this out? You know, because this can happen, that can happen, you know, and reactions and somebody else reports something and they say, oh, good, that got out. OK, let's let's give you something else now, like Club Rouge today. You know, so it's uh, it's a yeah, long winded no, process, but that's how all of this works, right? Yeah. Like this is common practice in any sport for players that are moving teams, but specifically soccer. But but. What's interesting is, is this is new for us, you know, for this fan base. Yeah. I'm going to include us in it because this is kind of the first time we've actually been involved in it, but we recognize it uh, from watching it happen globally. But to actually be involved and see this happening in real time with somebody that we know and have watched grow up through the system is really pretty fascinating. Yeah. And the, and the leaks come from all sides. Like, for example, I don't know for sure, but look, Tom Boggart who's at the league level He's probably getting it from perhaps a New York-based agent, or he's getting it from somebody in the league office that's looking to make 
some hay, or it even could come from SC Dallas. You know, sometimes uh, ownership has relationships with a specific club and they want information out that makes that relationship look good to their buddy, you know? So these things are complicated processes and everyone has an agenda, of course, and that's fine. And that's why the reporting is we try and keep it as factual as possible. When you have your source that said specifically X, Y, and Z, you put that in and you'd put it in and knowing. And so everybody should read all these things. It's like when a player gets linked to FC Dallas from another country, we always say, take this with a grain of salt until we get some action on our end of the deal. Because for all you know, that's somebody, somebody just made that up in order to try and get their client more money with their team they're with now, you know? So these things all should have, all have agendas when you see leaks like this from different sides of the world and different sides of the, the bargaining situation, different sides of the table. And it's all intended to do certain things at certain times and put pressure on people. And a lot of times the clubs actually want it to be really, really quiet. Unless of course they're now looking for some publicity for some reason, you know, and and that flips the coin. All right. Where is this going? Like, where is this finally going to end? How much money is this club going to make off this kid? Well, today, the numbers floated today went over 7 million euros, which is roughly 9 million something U.S., depending on, you know, and there'll always be some involvement with FC Dallas that's going to be, you know, can we get a sell on or whatever? We've talked about that before. It's also important to understand that the price that you get give the team this uh, let's say the final price is seven million, just as hypothetical. That actually isn't the most important part to determine which team he goes is, goes to. The most important part is the personal terms, like all this discussing with the team of how much you're going to pay for him is secondary to the to them actually talking to the player and negotiating the terms of the contract because. Some teams choose to go with the contract first and then they go to the team for the bid once they have the player agree. And some other teams do it the other way. They agree the price and then they go to the player. But the, pro- the bottom line is the player has to agree. If Brian doesn't agree to go to X, Y, or Z team, then it won't. he's, he's only going to the one that he picks. Like That's the way right. this works. When he has 10 teams, he gets to pick. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I was joking about Brian splurging and buying both an Xbox and a PS5 a couple of weeks ago. But the reason because I the reason for the joke was I think we all know the kid is about to make a lot of hard cash. Yeah, I think it could hit. I think it could hit 10 million MLS uh, MLS money, 10 million American because. No, no, it, I'm not talking about transfer fee. I'm talking yeah. about his salary. Oh, his salary. His salary yeah. is yeah, yeah, going yeah. to he is going to make he, he's a, going yeah. to make a million dollars a year easy. Playing yeah. over in Europe at this point, it'll be it'll be over a million euros a year net, like like his not gross but net, like his amount he'll pocket after taxes will be yeah. over a million euros probably. All likely. right, now Dan, I'm going to ask you. I know you hate making predictions, but um, I'm just going to ask you to do it anyway because Buzz has already talked enough. How much are you predicting the transfer fee goes for for Brian Reynolds? You don't have to say where he goes. I just want to know what you think the number's going to be. I think there's, there's enough teams in it to, to drive it at least to, towards 12 U.S. Wow. Yeah, right. I, I for sure think it'll get over 10. Yeah. Wow. That's that's uh, farting crazy. I mean, when think yeah. about the list of teams that are in. Sorry, Dan. You, you've heard reported from me and or from other people. AC Milan, Juventus, Marseille. Roma, these are big, big money clubs, yeah, you know, and they're clubs. now all competing against each other. You know, even Bruges, who's a much a lower level team, has something to offer. You know, as playing you said, time. Belgium more playing time. 
you know, maybe there's some things for the club there. I don't know, you know. A little um, less pressure on the kid to go, a yeah. league to go to, that kind of thing. Yeah, could be, you know, it could be guarantees of play, could be sell-on percentage with the team. Maybe, you know, it could be, who knows what it could be. Um, you know, these are complicated processes. And like I said, that's why I say that the, the actual number offered by a team isn't necessarily the determining factor. The player gets a cut of it, but the personal deal can be even more important you know, so that might be the most important thing, or it might be the situation. Like, do I want to go to play defense from Maldini? Do I want to go to Roma where their right back is 30? Do I want to go to Bruges where I can walk in and be the man? You know, those things are all a factor. Yeah. But there's, there's even more than that. Like, you, you think, like, um, you know, in, in France now, if you make more than a million euros, you're taxed at 50%. Um, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So Zlatan had to uh, when he went to Paris Saint Germain, he he negotiated the net, uh, his net salary, not his gross. Um, yeah, that's pretty common to negotiate for a net now. Yeah, um, and then you think like uh, the UK as of January first, it's going to be kind of difficult to, uh, well, really to to get any uh, a lot of foreign transfers, um, a lot of foreign players who haven't played for a senior national team. Uh, unless you break a certain amount and then it kind of bypasses the point system they'll have in place. So, you know, if a, if an English team got involved, that could drive the the price north just to, to satisfy the immigration side of things. Yeah, and, the, and Man City, you remember, was linked to him too in terms of like someone saying they had called or whatever, you know. So there have been English teams that have at least inquired. Um, it's going to be a complicated situation no matter where he goes. Cause I think Italy, they, they have things like non European exemptions that are, they have a certain amount of them, mm-hmm. you know, all of this is factors, but I think it's going to, you're going to see it done by January 1st. I think, I think that's probably the, by the end of the month, it'll be done. Merry Christmas, big, bad Brian. Yeah. Well, amongst all of that is the absolutely stunning news that hit today. Uh, that Fafa Pico is no longer part of FC Dallas, and he's going to the Houston Dynamo for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of LMNOP. Two seventy five. Two seventy five. Uh, did, did anybody was this on anybody's uh, bingo card? I don't think I had. I don't think I had a prediction that he would go, but I don't think it surprises me. You know, he was so inconsistent this year. He had moments of really good play and moments of bad play. I did think they would keep him. But given how much trouble they've had on the left wing, is uh, Dan, are you surprised by this trade? I'm, I'm not particularly surprised. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, I think you've, you know, you've just got rid of your DP left winger. You've just let go of your project left winger in the Tua Hene. Um, you know, the, the playoff games you were going back and forth trying to figure out if... Uh, if Holland's head could play up there, uh, Fafa Pico was by far the best player they had on the wing. And really, uh, I think, you know, a hamstring injury away from being, Oh, actually no, Barrios had a crappy season. So probably was the best winger on the team period. <laughs> and then they've just taken a, a 25 grand dump to say, great, we had you for a year. Now here you go. It, it seems like it was driven by Houston because, to me, you say, "Hey, here's a 29 year old. He's he's kind of you know at he, this is peak, um, and especially with a little rival because you put a little tax on that. 
It just seems weird. Unless uh, unless there was a jump in his contract, uh, he'd signed that new deal. Um, the last salary release we had was one hundred and fifty grand. So uh, that was it, it just yeah yeah. Um, it, it just seems weird to like leave yet another hole in the roster. Uh, although one thing, um, it, it was kind of funny. Uh, you've instantly made your biggest rival stronger, a lot stronger from what they had on the same day that Austin makes its first like actual good acquisition in in Alex Ring from uh, NYC for one point two five million. I do have a thought that I'd love to hear both of y'all's takes on. If Santi's gone left wing, Fafa's gone left wing, Barrios we think might be a bench only kind of player right wing. All of a sudden there's no wings. What if they're going to a wingless system? What if they're going to a two striker system? Just as a thought that occurred to me. Well, you, know, you wrote I, that you wrote that yeah. article about the you know the the diamond four right. and a four four two, um, which I you know I find interesting and uh, likable. I, I the, the other reason why I think there's something to that buzz is that I think. If everybody in that front office and on that coaching staff is being honest with themselves, they spent a lot of money uh, on a guy from the Mexican League who does not play as a single striker very well and probably would benefit from playing from a dual striker system. Yeah, and you remember that Lucci tried to use a three-five-two some at the beginning of the season. He often morphed it to a three-four-three, but at base that formation usually is a three-five-two. That's a wingless formation because you need your wing backs and Hollings head. And well, it was Reynolds, but you know, as I've suggested, if it's to Amasi, well, that might be a lot more likely in a wing back than a, than a right back mm-hmm. to Amasi. So there's some red flags here that a tactical sh- shift maybe is in the cards. At least makes me question what's happening. Yeah. It's just, he's a, you know, he's obviously a hybrid nine, 10 wing. So it's kind of, much like who Barrios, are you, are you, so who are you uh, Pico. talking about? Oh, okay. Um, so it's kind of like it, it's it's weird to just outright dump. Um, I will say though that yeah, um, although the diamond four four two, you know, you still have wide midfielders in it. Even if you play narrow, they peel off out wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, if they did something like uh, the the old Christmas tree formation or something like that, where you play a single striker with two like complete inside forwards which Paxton and, and Jesus could actually do um, yeah yeah you know you, you're gonna have some kind of wide play that that you'd want someone so yeah yeah there there is absolutely the possibility uh, and if if that is the case uh, my only gripe then is I just didn't get enough money for him okay and and because the reason why this I think threw everybody for a loop is the fact that Santiago Mascara thankfully is finally gone we also got the news that <laughs> I think that maybe was even more shocking than the Fafa trade is that somehow Santiago Mascara, who has the best agent in the world, has got him a gig at Pachuca of all places. Yeah, they must have only seen a highlight tape. <laughs> it's like just watch YouTube they, videos. They <laughs> fell yeah. off massively. I mean, you know, I, if there was if there was relegation in Mexico, they'd be screwed. Yeah, you're probably right. I'd be happy to send them the gif I have of uh, Santi dribbling into two people against, against Minnesota and turning the ball over if that would help the situation. I don't, But I, then again, I don't want to screw it for Santi. So. It is a gift. I'll give you that. It is, uh, certainly. So but the reason why I bring all this up is <clears throat> because you mentioned the Barrio situation and you, you know now Santi's gone, now uh, Fafa's gone. If they stay with a formation that uses wingers, 
I know what you're going to tell me, Buzz, and I don't like it. I hate it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But who's going to play that position? Well, I, you know, I wrote that piece, I guess it was a week and a half ago now, predicting that Paxton would be over there. But you have to also remember that um, even if you stay in the same formation, where Jesus doesn't really have a good position right now. I mean, they're playing him everywhere. You could include him in the mix as a wing. Not that anyone likes it, but you could. Pepe, we've seen because play wing. That's because neither Paxton or Jesus are wingers. No, no, I know. I'm not saying it's right or smart. I'm just trying to tell you what I think will happen. Um, Pepe, too, is a guy that will end up in the mix. Um, we've seen some progression from Dante Seeley. Maybe they think Seeley is a guy that is ready to contribute. Uh, Tuomasi came back and looked like he was a guy that could contribute. Now, I've said I think he's going to be the right back, but I could be wrong. Maybe he's a guy that's now – maybe they think I can get as much out of Tuomasi as I was getting out of Fafa. Tuomasi's probably a lot cheaper at this point. So the, the question is right now, we have no clue who's going to play left wing or if there's going to be a left wing. If they're going to stick with the same formation, now they've jettisoned both left wings, I, I would think that there'd be a, a wing will come in, whether it be right or left, it doesn't matter. You know, and then I still think they need a nine and a center back. So that's, you know, those are the three spots. All right. So the reason why all of this talk about these people leaving and formations uh, potentially changing are also uh, because this is the silly season. There have been a couple of links of players coming into FC Dallas. So let's first talk about Jadir O'Brien, which is the weirdest combination of first <laughs> yeah, last know. names I've seen in quite some time. But uh, <laughs> The Irish Colombian Jadir O'Brien. What do we know about him? Well, not a whole lot. Uh, he's a 25 year old Colombian right winger. He did score 24 goals over the last two seasons. Now, some people pointed out that nine of those were PKs, and that's fair enough, but he did go nine for nine on PKs. So there, that is quality in that regard. So 24 goals out of a winger, even if some are PKs, is a pretty good production. Now, the Colombian League, we've decided it's probably not quite the level of MLS, but. Um, I watched three or four different videos of the guy, and he gives me major Castillo vibes, that kind of very direct vertical winger like Castillo. Also also raw and the ball bouncing around occasionally like Castillo. You know, So that's the kind of player that you're looking at if that's a real link. Uh, I, of course, we have no idea because we've heard nothing on this end if it's real or not. It's just it is Columbia where, da- where FC Dallas, I believe still employs one of Oscar's relatives as a scout. I mean, I'm sure he's not some idiot. It's probably, I think it's his uncle. I'm sure he knows soccer. You know, it's not just some, not like my uncle <laughs> scouting. So they do have a connection to Columbia and they, and maybe they even got a Ricarte recommendation. So there's something there. Maybe we'll see. Dan, did you watch any of the footage uh, or did you also uh, gleam onto the fact that <laughs> he's a winger that has scored a bunch of goals and has zero assists? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if the, maybe they were looking for a little bit of a project, but uh, I'm trying not to read too much into it in the silly season with uh, all the silly season stuff. Yeah, the kid was a late bloomer. Came out of some, some smaller clubs and has burst onto the scene and mm-hmm. led the Columbia League in scoring this year with 13. So I mean, you know, who knows? Like we always say these these things again. I think I already said this earlier in the podcast. Maybe one in six or one in eight is real. So we'll see. Well, they certainly need to at least have in consideration something to back up Barrios, considering the fall off we've seen in the last uh, 12 to 18 months. And the other name was Juan Denino, a striker yeah. playing for Pumas. Yeah, an Argentine. He's 26. Uh, he's six foot two. He, he previously was with Barcelona and Ecuador at one point. I watched some tape on him, too. He is a pure nine, a high nine, uh, back to goal, park it in the box. 
he will run. He tries to run and puts in good effort and good work. He is not fast, however. I wouldn't say he's as slow as Hara. He's not that slow, but he's definitely not. You know, he's probably closer to Cobra fast, which is not fast either. I was going to say, if you put Cobra, Hara, yeah. and Danino on a uh, on, in a race, who would win? That's a tough one. It would it would, would probably be Hara. to the finish. I mean, not Hara. Probably not Hara. It probably would be Cobra. But you know, the videos. He's definitely Matt a goal poacher. Would win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, crosses into the box. He's banging a man. He's got some headers because he's jumping out, jumping people. You know, it's classic back to goal high striker nine, which we've talked about a lot. Something they need. And if you're going to play Hara two in a two striker system, and Hara's your off striker, maybe that fits too. So just throwing these things out there because it is the late season, but it's you know there's some workable things there. Yeah, you know all of this talk and then the word about Fafa today leaving just and and you're really the perfect image that you posted on Twitter as a representation of the winger situation at FC Dallas, which was just an empty landscape. Uh, of uh, you know a desert an arid desert was r- really got me thinking about okay what really is going on here and does lend credence to the idea that maybe they're trying to figure out how they get more out of Hara and that is putting somebody closer to him yeah how FCD is that by the way when you have a million dollar player that you think didn't really work out rather than just getting rid of him you are going <laughs> to change things and bring in guys and maybe even switch formations to try and make him work what'd be really funny is if they do get that uh Puma striker and rather than having the kind of pacey guy to uh, make the runs to actually deliver Hara the ball, you instead get the world's slowest two striker system. Yeah, it would be a slow combo for sure. I mean, I liked what I saw in the Neno, but he ain't fast, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We talk about. Uh, the perceptions of uh, professional soccer players' speed, because there are two instances in my uh, very, very uh, weekend Sunday league uh, playing experience where I've come up against former professionals. And (laughs) one was Milton Rodriguez. Do you guys remember the Colombian Milton Rodriguez? Oh, yeah. So Milton Rodriguez has been playing in uh, NTPSA uh, on a team called Titans, uh, in the over 40 division. And I'll never forget the first time we came up against him. I didn't recognize him. He uh, snapped off two very good, high-quality goals. And I just thought one of the goals he scored was a, such a high quality, I thought, okay, something's not right. And then I realized it was Milton Rodriguez. And I had, at one point, it was my job to mark him. He ran past me so fast, it was unbelievable. And I was like, wow, that is that is the difference between former pro and <laughs> knucklehead like me the second time was in the dallas media game out at toyota stadium when peter lucine was on the other team now i think by and large we made like hay out of peter lucine is the slowest human being in mls jokes right yeah oh yeah there is physical video of peter lucine taking a ball away from me and running away with the ball and gaining distance as the further we went down the field. So, yeah, yeah, there's a big difference in perceptions of professional athlete speed. No, we talk about slow players, and I guarantee you that Hara or Deneno or, or uh, Reto Ziegler would destroy any of us and no, most normal people in any kind of foot race. But that's not the same no, thing. It doesn't, no. doesn't matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I just I find it funny to talk about how slow these people are when I realize <laughs> they are wicked yeah. fast in real life. Oh, it's uh, I always find it um, eye opening when you watch a game from on high like I like to do. And I watch how 
much ground guys guys cover. And then you go actually down and down and stand on the field and you're like, holy crap, this is a massive, massive field. And so in your mind, putting those two things together, how much ground guys cover and how big that surface is, it really makes you think. Yeah, it's it's funny. You know, Zach Lloyd was a player that I think we would all agree was generally considered to be your average, you know, C grade MLS player, right? I'd maybe that... even say B grade. He was pretty solid. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I well, I one day not about a year ago, we were uh, the team was out at uh, Trinity Christian where he was coaching and uh, we got him to join in on a kick around and he was so much better than everybody else out on the field and most of the guys that I play with are all former Division One, Division Two college players. There's a couple of former semi-pro guys out there. He was just eating everybody up alive, and I thought that is a mid-grade MLS player. Could you imagine if you got a top-notch guy in here? And that just really the, the the scale that changes from level to level. I I just I think about that a lot, and I find fascinating. Yeah, that's the joke we always make, Peter, when we sit in the stands for like the open cup games or whatever. And you hear some guy mumbling, Oh, I'm better that, than that guy. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. How good that guy is compared to you. I mean, we think we talk about like Drew Moore is one of my favorite examples. Like I looked up his high school stats one time. He like broke. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he broke like high school records with like 500 goals or something as a striker. And he's a pedestrian, slow center back. Right. right. I mean, this is yeah. like, it's yeah. it's a different world. The, the, the by the time you escalate up the levels and get to major league soccer, those everybody's, guys, yeah, everybody's yeah. a kick ass player of the game. They are they are they are light years ahead of even like great college players. It's just not even. It's ridiculous. But none of them are as good as Dan Crook. Yeah, remember that time that we played against uh, former England international Lee Hendry, and I restricted <laughs> him to only scoring a hat trick. <laughs> In a seven-seven draw. <laughs> Have you heard that story, Buzz? No. <laughs> it was uh, was it Aston Villa that came to town? Yeah. Yeah. So Aston Villa was in town for a friendly, and they decided to put a uh, a game together with some of the Aston Villa staff and and FC Dallas fans. And it was it was a ridiculously bad game, but the FC Dallas fans took a pretty substantial lead, and then they put Lee Hendry on the field. <laughs> He proceeded to absolutely just trounce everybody, and I think he scored what, like five goals in ten minutes or something. He only got single-handedly. Three. Oh, was it only three? Yeah, I just and then yeah. uh, what's the guy's got named Gabe? Who I actually I played, uh, I played uh, in a few teams with him afterwards. Scores this like ridiculous header in the last second to make it seven-seven. My version of this story, and I'll try and keep it short, is that when I worked at a summer camp at college one time, a guy on our staff was the last player cut from the Australian U-20 team, which just tells you, because that's probably not that great of a player. He was so ridiculously good and just literally ran circles around everybody else when we played soccer. It was so funny. And it's like that guy wasn't even actually good. <laughs> he was yeah. just, just a chump, and he still crushed everyone that, knew, that was there. The orders of magnitude yeah. in uh, quality just is uh, pretty amazing as you as you go up the chain. All right, sorry to, to completely derail and sidetrack all of that. So uh, we'll keep everybody posted on any other links of players uh, headed towards Dallas. Now, another player was traded, and I, uh, Buzz, I, I kind of got the sense that you were a little brokenhearted over this. Colin Montgomery oh, is yeah. no longer uh, a huntsman. Yeah, I think this is a failed evaluation on the club's part. I do. I, I think Colin Montgomery is MLS ready to start. 
Um, I think he's his passing had improved remarkably. I think if you look what he did for San Antonio when he was leading their team in blocks, for example, and was a big part of their defensive team, and then Dallas yanked him out for the playoffs, and they immediately got blitzed and lost. You know, it's, this guy to me has the range, the physicality, the mentality, the soccer smarts to be an MLS starter, and I think they've blown this evaluation and dumped him. I I wonder why how you can watch players be really really slow. And I think by the end of that season, I'm I'm convinced in my head that Cal Montgomery is a better player than both Retro and Brisson, and they've chosen just to jettison him for nothing. So I don't understand it. This is one of those moves where, you know, I think that there's going to be a time like Walker Zimmerman. Not he's not Walker Zimmerman good, but there's going to be a time like Walker Zimmerman or like Dax McCarty where we're going to be like, man, we had that guy. You know, it's it's a miss in my mind. So I don't understand it. And I also think there's a small trend here of center backs that have been great that Lucci didn't like. Like, you remember Lucci didn't like Chris Richards way back in the day when he was a kid. Remember the first time, <laughs> right? Yes, we, yeah. we we all conveniently forget that. Yeah, and there's also a kid that's at Norwich right now, um, Tomlin, Tomlinson, or I think it's... Tomlinson or something that's, like that. Yeah. Yeah. You Tomkinson. Norwich worse than Tomkinson. Yeah, Nurch. Uh, Nurch. That kid... There's another center back that was with FC Dallas that left FC Dallas and they moved him down to Premier, I think, and he went to Solar and then has gone over to Europe. So there's just a minor trend occasionally of Lucci missing out on uh, center backs that I think are are pretty good and so so have a few other people. And I'm hoping that it's not a real thing. I mean, I I will say that Nikosi Burgess looks legit and Justin Che looks legit. You know, they've got some developing to do, but I like both of those guys. But then I also really liked Cal Montgomery. So um, it's hard to know for sure what the difficulty was. It may just be age, senior roster versus Justin Shea, now reserve roster. They want to clear space for him, and you know, in a season or so. Um, it's hard to really know for sure. But you notice that Cal Montgomery was instantly snapped up and after they traded him on the half-day window, as I suggested that they should. Yeah, but what the, the confusing part for me in this, Buzz, is that it I think it's a known issue, uh, a known problem position for this club. Yeah. And it seems weird to be moving that guy along, which then leads me to wonder, A, are they really going to stick with Brisson? But even if that's the case, they still need backups. I'm, they're not going to let two teenagers be the backups at center back, are yeah. they? No. And then no. the other thing is, is that do they have a plan in place to bring somebody like, are they actively shopping for a veteran center back to replace Ziegler? Yeah. Sorry. I thought you were at the end. Yeah. The answer to that one is that a Brisson is not the starter unless something goes wrong. The, the reason why they didn't pick up his option and are negotiating with him is because his option was basically starter money and they don't want to pay that. Um, what I hear is that they're actually looking to buy a center back using some of the Reynolds money basically is what's going to happen. Um, I mean, I have no idea as a target or how much. It's just the chatter I'm hearing. Um, and then so your Brisson, if he returns, probably is going to be your third your third guy, your main backup. And then you'll be looking at Burgess and Shea as your fourth and fifth, which is perfectly fine. They'll probably end up drafting one maybe or picking up somebody off of the reclamation pile, like a 30-year-old guy as an emergency guy, you know, like, like they do. Everyone saw bringing an older guy as a backup, but um, – you know, if Brisson is your three, that's fine. Then, you know, you, you, the odds you're going to need a fourth and a fifth beyond just some garbage minutes here and there are, are slim. You want to have a fourth and fifth, but you don't, you know, they don't, they can be Burgess and Che. Yeah. There's a problem with that, though. I mean, you've got Burgess who really, after this disrupted season, needs to 
have a full season either with North Texas or out on loan. Che looked too good for North Texas, probably needs to be out on loan. You know, you needed someone like Callum, you know, 75, 80 grand salary, can sit on the supplemental roster just fine and take those minutes. It, it just it just seems kind of short-sighted. Yeah, I think that they'll, I think they'll end up getting somebody like that perhaps. Um, you know, either one or both of Burgess and Che are going to be with North Texas. I think Che will be there the whole year for sure, which means he's going to be in the FC Dallas camp every day, you know. And Burgess, if if they go on loan, possibly, but I actually think that there's a some people in the club that want to keep him in town for the very same reason, you know, bounce him back and forth and get him into an MLS game and then get him back to North Texas, you know. So I'm expecting both those guys to be around. So that, that extra guy may not be necessary. The problem, the problem with sending Burgess out on a loan is like, Wherever you send him, you're now not coaching him. Somebody else is coaching him. And are you guaranteed playing time? You know, Montgomery was a high enough level that he was going to start no matter what at San Antonio. But is Burgess to that level? Not right now. Maybe not. You know, you got to make sure that he's going to play. So I think there's a good chance they keep him in this camp. Yeah. But it's kind of like a double-edged sword because he needs a game. He needs to be playing every week, not you know, yeah. a game for North Texas and then being the, the 19th guy on the travel roster, or, or the, I guess now it's 21st guy on the travel roster, um, and, and just sitting on his tod in in Vancouver or something like that. Sitting on his what? His ass. Oh, no, no. I, tell me what the word you use so I learn the vernacular. Sitting on your tod means uh, being alone. No, I oh, ta, is it T-O-D-D or T-A-R-D? Todd, like the name Todd. Oh, the name Todd. Okay, see, I like. See, I learn things culturally from you, Dan. That's why I like hanging out with you. Um, sitting on your Todd, I like that. I'm going to use that sometime. All right. So, just to be uh, <laughs> helpful and as a as a useful resource to the FC Dallas Curious fan, let's go through all of the positions that we think are of need in this off season, and let's update everybody. So we. Where are we on strike? I mean, excuse me. Where are we on uh, the left wing? Well, uh, I think it's going to be, like I said, Paxton or Jesus or Pepe. And maybe if I think they're going to sign one player in that position, if, of course, they're not changing tactics. Okay. And then and what was the next position of need that we feel like? Is well, there? I I also said it was a nine. If you're sticking in the same formation, I think they need a nine because you know Pepe is not seen by Frank O'Hara as a challenge. To, to, for O'Hara, Pepe's a kid. It's like you need hard to be pressed to be challenged, right. so you need somebody. So maybe that's the Juan Danino Puma striker guy. It could be. I think they. I actually would like to see. Some people think I'm crazy, but I want to see a DP striker, like a legit high end striker, to compete with Hara, not just somebody off the reclamation pile like Dom Dyer. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Uh, is he? Uh, the, the idea of having two DPs on this team, both playing the same position, I know, uh, make, makes me laugh. Um, I know, but you, let me let me break in there real quick. You know what a sunk cost is? Economically yes. speaking, yeah, the sunk right. po- cost theory. Yes, right. Very much Hunt, so. Har is a sunk cost. The money's gone. Forget about it. Just move on. He sucks. You can't get rid of him, but you don't want to play him either. So get a guy there to play and just let Hara sit on the ass on the bench. His Todd on the bench. My worry about Hara is what his effect on the roster and locker room is. I just I get a weird vibe about that guy. I don't have anything to base it on, and I'm probably being very unfair to say that. But that would be my one concern is that if he's not playing, he's going to become a sourpuss. I'm left with an impression he's not a great teammate, and I have the same worry that if you bench him, he's going to become a royal pain. 
but that's I why kind of like Dan on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not like Dan. Wow. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Uh, all right. So what's the next position of need that we thought this team had? Well, you might say right wing. Okay. I mean, like if you think Barrios needs <laughs> to be Are we going to go through player. all 11 positions? Well, no, because there's <laughs> only one more after this. If you think Barrios might be a best as a bench only player, who's going to start on the right wing? Well, it ain't going to be Dante C that I can tell you that. No way. That kid's nowhere close to ready to start. Yeah. So these, all these things are why we wonder about the system because it's by getting rid of Fafa, now it looks like they need two wings probably. So it's hard to – I mean, who knows? They got enough so the, open spots. The uh, Colombian Irishman would be the person to help fill in the that spot. And then the yeah. last spot, you said there was one more. Just the center back. We already talked about that, though. That's the only so spot. You don't, you don't think they need a, another right back if Ryan, no. if Brian leaves? No, because if Brian leaves, I think, like I said before, Imatu Amasi is the first choice for me. Then the second choice is probably Eddie Munjama. And you also have the Ryan Nelson at right, which we all hate, but Lucci loves it because he loves Ryan. <laughs> and you can also do things like put Brasan over there. You know, Yipes. you can put, like, if you put Brasan over there, and, you, and for example, I had this thought the other day. What if you go, if you don't have high wings, what if you go more 4-4-2 look and have Johnny Nelson left back, Brasan right back, and then Ryan is your left midfielder? And I don't know who's your right midfielder. You know, there's some options available that don't include playing in the exact same formation. You know, I, I think there. look, the right back is not a, a massive position for FC Dallas. One reason why Cannon has been sold and Reynolds is going to be sold is because they're not willing to pay a boatload of money for a right back. They're not even going to pay 500000 for a right back, let alone like the kind of money those two guys are going to draw now. So they move them on and then they're going to get, you know, the next man up or – Maybe they'll draft one possibly and go with a you know a senior there. Like if we want to talk about homegrowns, possibly that could factor. You know, hmm. we'll see. All right. So running through all of that now, the other thing that happened this week is that uh, the Brazilian backup goalkeeper Philippe put on Instagram him signing a new deal with FC Dallas, and it suddenly dawned on me: if Jimmy Maurer wants a lot of money and a new deal, is it possible that Philippe is your starting goalkeeper for this club next season? Well, no, because they Mara had an option. They picked it up. Oh, okay. So that's they All snuck right. that one in on you. Um, and the funny part about Philippe showing that he had signed and on Instagram is that the club hasn't mentioned it. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he signed personal <laughs> terms and something else is going on. I mean, I don't really know. Or maybe they just are like they're uh, they're keeping it on low on the radar. Like they haven't mentioned Brisson either. I mean, other than negotiating, like what's going on? Hard to know. So. I mean, it looks like he's coming back. I mean, he says he is. Showed a picture yeah. of him signing. Yeah. So maybe the fax machine's broken and they didn't get the paperwork in in time. Now, we did these, um, I think we did some variation of these uh, several weeks ago, but the team did finally announce their uh, team awards yesterday or today. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on here. I have questions. So do you want me to just run through them real quick so we sure. can set the table? Yeah. So their MVP was Brian Reynolds. Their Captain defensive half a season. Yeah. Their defensive player of the year, Brian Reynolds. Their offensive player of the year, Frank O'Hara. Their breakout player of the year, Brian Reynolds. And the goal of the year is the Ricarte Volley versus Houston. 
And the assist of the year is also uh, Andreas Ricarte versus Houston. And I'm assuming that means that's not the same goal, that now they're counting an assist because it was deflected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I have questions about all those but one. Brian Reynolds, breakout player of the year, I buy. But Brian Reynolds' MVP is ridiculous. Brian Reynolds' Defensive Player of the Year is ridiculous. What did they call Brian's mom for and let her yeah. vote singularly? What's well, what's somebody somebody I talked to was like I said, boy, they're trying to hype up Reynolds for this sale, aren't they? And they're like, and they were like, yeah, they think they're so clever, like we all don't see it, right? <laughs> That's what they're doing. <laughs> the thing that cracks me up about it is, you remember a couple of years ago when Reggie had his breakout season, and then. Uh, they didn't even nominate him for defensive player of the season. And, and we all asked why, and they were like, well, he's a two-way player, so he's not actually defensive. And then they made a midfielder defensive player of the season instead. Well, Brian's a lot less defensive than <laughs> Reggie was. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm thinking if you're Matt Hedges or <clears throat> Ryan Hollingshead or any other number of people that probably qualified or were better choices for defensive and MVP of this team, is there any chance those guys are pissed about this or do they even care about it? Let's I be honest, they all laugh at it like we do. It's some halfway yeah. in an office who's never kicked a ball in anger in their life. Yeah, I, I think they know that this is not like a media vote or... You know, it's 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 so patently ridiculous. I mean, the idea of Frank O'Hara as Offensive Player of the Year, I mean, I know he scored seven goals and led the team, but th- that's ridiculous. Seven goals is not Offensive Player of the Year. You know, it's it's just it's just stupid. And the goal of the year, is as gorgeous as that goal looks, it's deflected. So how's that goal of the year when it's it would have been well, into the stands if it's not deflected? All right, I mean, but, now I, cha- but okay. now I challenge you, Buzz, to actually pick out a goal of the year. Like, oh. this team scored so few goals this yeah. year. Were any of them really of note yeah oh, i've got a list oh well, i'll go first because i got one and then dan can go <laughs> so i'm going first mine is the peppy uh, goal to beat portland in the playoffs goal of the year uh for importance that's good yeah importance mm. okay big yeah. kid okay. coming up Fair Trend, All right. uh, hedges like assist All right. yeah goal of the year dan go what's dan. your list buddy uh mine well first is is the paxton pomacol run versus philly he ran that was my team. second had a nice exchange oh, yeah. pass with Tanner Tessman and then slotted uh, past God, feels uh, like Andre Blake. a billion years ago. That was my number two pick. I did have Ricarte's goal as a second losing points for that huge deflection. Barely ahead of uh, Ryan Holland's head when he had the back, pa- uh, back post volley in the, the home game against Sporting Kansas City. Just perfect first time, banged it into the opposite corner, low. Uh, just absolute perfect technique you're not going to hit a ball better in your life hmm okay well obviously yeah did you have a list of assists okay so first i had michael barrios that uh assist to frank o'hara against the houston in the first game where he just dinked it over the so deftly over the back line and gave hara the little uh the little chip finish over the keeper Second, Cobra's back heel to Pepe against Montreal. Whether he meant it or not, it was absolutely beautiful. Third, against Columbus, uh, Pico played that that deep cross from left wing, almost near the halfway line, curled it beautifully onto a run in Michael Barrios' header. And then uh, fourth, I had in the third game against Nashville, Ryan Hollinshead's goal. Ferreira played basically the same pass as what they've given the assist of the year reward to uh, Ricarte for, 
but he just played it from a, a deeper position and it dropped better. It wasn't just kind of like a, a hit and hope ping over the top. All right, my assist of the year was Brian Reynolds to Ryan Hollingshead, the play where Brian oh, starts yeah. over on the sideline and he dribbles through five players and then plays it to Ryan at the back post for the goal. That's my assist of the year. Yeah. So uh, are you saying that we pay more attention? Yeah, we yeah. do. Well, well uh, kudos to you guys for remembering all of those. I, I certainly were never going to do that. But uh, And then obviously we agree with breakout of the player of the year. Uh, we've made the case that Haro's probably a questionable offensive player of the year. I think we all voted for, for Matt Hedges. And who was it that we all had for of MVP of the year? Well, we split. I had Ryan. Did I have, I did I I have Santos? Did I say I, it was Santos? I think you said it was Hedges. We should have written him down. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, it, it wasn't Brian Reynolds. Guess. I tell you that. <laughs> no, it wasn't yeah. Brian Reynolds. I love I mean, Brian I guess, Reynolds. It ain't Brian Reynolds. Here, I, let yeah. me say this. If Brian Reynolds ends up netting this team over 10 million American dollars, then yeah, he's the most valuable player the on the team. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, no doubt about it. <clears throat> um, okay, so I think we've run through all the stuff on uh, Buzz's weekly crayon written run sheet. Mm. Uh, you spelled really well this week. Oh, the only other thing oh, that's, that's on here. Oh, is there? What did I, what did I miss? The Willie Nelson news? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dan's hyped. Yeah, I, I have to say that it's the first artist that they've ever booked there for this thing that other than, that I've ever wanted to see. I actually want to go to this one. I'm not even a country guy, but I'm I'm definitely in for Willie Nelson. Okay, have you seen Willie perform in the last year? No, but I don't care. I've never seen him perform. That's why I don't care. I'm in. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I I'm a I'm a big fan, but I'm telling you, Buzz, be prepared for uh, a kind of a wincing. Yeah. Uh, you're worried that he may not make it through the show, kind of thing. Because Willie—that's how Willie Imagine is... Dragons was. Yeah. <laughs> so it Except like it when... was the people in the crowd were wincing. I was going to say the last time I saw Van Halen was kind of the same way. I was worried Diamond Dave wasn't going to make it. Uh, yeah, poor Willie, man. That guy yeah. is. So uh... it's going to be really different this time as well, because before uh, they've always done the the Saturday as the Hall of Fame and the concert, and then the Sunday as the game. And now they're doing all in one day. Yeah, that's crazy. So there's no, there's technically no concert tickets. It's a game ticket. I like that. I I was just surprised that Willie is out touring and doing shows with all the COVID stuff and his age and his situation. I I just find that remarkable. Uh, And two, that they would book somebody so far in advance that could end up not being available uh, because of COVID or whatever, and he may change his touring schedule. I, I would have thought they would have tried to book somebody a little bit more, you know, like <laughs> less likely to have to change his schedule. Well, he lives down the street. It'll be fine. Okay. All right. Luke and Buck. <laughs> I mean, they, they had it last. That's why they canceled it last time was because, uh, was it Josh Abbott band or yeah. some, some country thing? can get the thing. polyphonic spree to fill in if Willie uh, Sweet. <laughs> bails out or whatever. H-O-P-S. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Any other stuff that we need to cover in today's episode? Well, I have one. I put up an article. I think it was this morning about potential college homegrowns. Um, I, because I think it has impact might have an impact on the right back discussion. <laughs> Bad timing buzz. <laughs> yeah. I literally put it up like five minutes before the Fafa news dropped. I was like, oh, Great. So, although I was excited about it, get as many views as I did, frankly. Um, the, the deal with college this year is that everybody in college got a blanket one year edition. So, like, mm-hmm. the chances of, like, 
I don't know who's going to be in the draft. Basically, the kids are going to have to all declare whether they're coming out or not because every senior can stay. So it's like I don't, I don't know who's officially going to be in it. Um, they shortened it by round, by the way. That's good. So the uh, the homegrown list really for me is only one name this year, just like it was one name last year. And that name is Mark Solace, who's a four-year starter at right back for North Carolina. He was the right back on the academy team for uh, – uh, when they won the national championships and then when they won the Dallas cup with Paxton and those guys, uh, he's very versatile. He can play anywhere on the back line. His older brother, Martin also played at UNC, but Mark is the better player. Um, and I think he's worth a homegrown signing just because of a, the right back situation when Reynolds is sold, but also because he's a versatile defender. He's played for Diablos. I think he's got MLS potential, but he's the only kid I see in college that's worth signing right this minute because right now it's a mess, frankly. The other guy people like to talk about is Brandon Turwig, who's the senior center back at SMU. I don't think he's quite there yet. I want to see a little more out of him before I could say that he's ready for a homegrown. But that's what you're, we got. You're a nerd, and I love you for it. Buzz. I know. I actually called the article Slim Pickens because there's not a lot of options this year in terms of that. Uh, Dan, do you have anything you'd like to uh, include here on the pod today? Just uh, record my thanks to you. Okay, well, that you're, you don't need to do that yet. Hold on, I'm not done yet, because I've got something I want to throw in here. I, Buzz, may I have your permission to pimp a couple of things? Yeah, pimp away. Uh, so first, tentatively uh, scheduled to appear on this weekend's very special episode of The Kickaround, uh, the radio show is moving up to noon for a noon start this Saturday on the ticket. Uh, there's a there's a football game later in the day, and we're helping fill in for the show that's usually on before us. We're going to be on for three hours, and tentatively scheduled to appear on the show, Paxton Pomacall. <gasps> yes, pretty exciting. Believe it or not, I can't believe it's happening. But uh, and we'll get to ask him and get an update direct from the horse's mouth on his health situation and how he's feeling and what he's been doing. Uh, and uh, how long it takes him to grow that mustache. So we'll ask all the hard questions. I bet he says he feels great because that's what he always says. Yeah, but I'm going to uh, – you know Press me, him. Buzz. I'm yeah. not, not going to let go. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to push him pretty hard on this one. And yeah. the other thing is I hate to uh, step into Buzz's territory, but for mm. the first time ever in the six years we've been doing this show, we finally have on sale, just in time for Christmas, the official kick-around jersey. We announced it today, and it's only 15 bucks. I like it. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It comes in white and gray. Uh, and all the way up, Buzz, because I know you're going to ask, all the way to triple XL. Oh, thank you for fat guy sizes. Look, I, I instantly recognize, by the way, that it's the victory jersey. So props to me for recognition. <laughs> and well Escape done. Escape to victory. Get it right. I'm not, a, I'm not English. I'm American. <laughs> I will include that the company that we're doing this with. So I want to be. I don't want anybody to feel like we uh, we we pulled a fast one on them. So this one's fifteen bucks. It's a it's a like a dry fit type of t shirt. Uh, here shortly, we're also going to include I think three different designs, but the option for the listener to pick the color scheme of their favorite team as the shirt. So if you're, for example, a Wolverhampton fan, you can get, it'll still be the, the, the show logo, but the shirt will be the gold and the black. Wait, you're colorizing your logo? No, we're not color. The logo will stay our color, but the shirt itself will be the color of your favorite, generally premier league team. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. 
Yeah, we're making all. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I do not recolorize my crest. So <laughs> that is uh, kit rule number one hundred and thirty-two. Yeah. So those, but they'll be much more expensive because they'll be uh, actual soccer jerseys, and they'll be like fifty or sixty bucks or something. Oh, you can get your can name change. and yeah. the one that you can change and, and customize. You'll be able to put your name and number on it, and that's coming up later. But for Christmas, you can get the fifteen dollar kick around shirt now. And uh, if you wanna, if you wanna buy one, there's a link on our Twitter account at the Kick Around. Very good. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, uh, Dan, here, this is the proper time where you and I exchange pleasantries. Thank you, sir, for your insight, wit, and time today. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I was off of my time. <laughs> Timing. <laughs> and it's the weird delay. And, uh, Buzz, thanks for all your hard work this week. I know you're very busy trying to figure out where Brian Reynolds is going to uh, yeah. land and keeping everybody up to date. You're doing the, the Lord's work, sir. Oh, so thank, thank you. you thank that. you. And, and make sure, everybody, if you do like what we do, support us at patreon.com slash third degree. And we should say, because I've done it in a while, thanks to Pappy Check for the music. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do find myself singing that goofy song. After I know, me too. <laughs> I hear it. And, it make, and you know what? It really does make for good intro and outro music. It's yeah, it does. A, it's got a kick-ass vibe. Just want to remind everybody that Third Degree, the podcast, is brought to you by Soccer 90. Right now, 40% site-wide for all the kick-ass soccer gear. They got everybody's gear up there. For all Third Degree podcast listeners, you just use the promo code Third Degree, the number three, RD degree over at soccer90.com soccer the number 90.com go get yourself some gear right now fc dallas curious fan thank you for joining us for episode number 90 we will be back are we doing one next week there will be a podcast next week you and i and dan will discuss what we're gonna do all right well something will appear next week uh, uh on another edition of third degree the podcast tough decisions Third degree, the third degree nap podcast. Third degree, the third degree nap podcast.